356 for January 2015. And if you're a fan of this podcast and Spider History and Friday Night Fights and Spider Satellites and Spider News, we have so many sections of this podcast, I can't keep them straight. Anyway, if, bottom line, if you're a fan of this podcast and our website, I'd appreciate your support. Uh, log on to our front page at SpiderManCrawlspace.com. Look for a button on the right-hand side. If you scroll down just a little bit, it says support this site via PayPal. And you can ensure more episodes come out by helping us pay the bills. Also, we have a new sponsor on the front page. Uh, Instigator. It basically has Spider-Man trivia. If you play the game, the more clicks, the more views I get, the more money that comes in and helps, again, pay the bills. All right, on with Spider-History, gang. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to Spider-History, our first one of 2015. Let me introduce to who we've got on the panel. You can't do Spider-History without JR. What's going on, JR? Uh, I just got done putting my hemorrhoid cream in and uh, my fa- my pillow, and uh, I'm ready to go, guys. I can sit here for at least another two hours. And do you hear the sound? Do you hear that sound? That's people turning off their iPods. I quit. All right. <laughs> Nobody still uses an iPod, Douglas. Sorry. The person who just quit was George. What's up, George? Not much. I this oh my god! This is gonna. This whole evening is going to be in calamitous ruin. Boy, you guys just are so enthusiastic to record this evening. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, we also have Zach. We're, Zach is a regular on Spider Satellite, so welcome, Zach. Thank you. It's good to be here. And be sure to go to spidersdude.com for now tw- three times a week updates. You pimp. All right. <laughs> and we also have Mike. Mike is filling in for Ashley, who had to work tonight. So welcome, Mike. Thanks for... Yes, but I'm probably uh, not as lovely to... as Ashley, so that's... No, no but uh, no. Ashley, unfortunately, couldn't be here, but I appreciate you stepping up and taking over some of her books. Well, thank so you. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, we have another member on the podcast. Before we get to Spider History, I guess this is going to be called the rebuttal portion. Uh, if Back on uh, episode 354, uh, JR kind of, uh, uh, well, here's Eddie. <laughs> what kind of intro is that? Eddie, what's going on? We talked about you uh, purchasing a comic shop. With uh, by selling your amazing collection, so welcome, Eddie. Yes, you know, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. There was a little bit of uh, word said about me on the last episode. So thanks <laughs> for having me on, just to have a chance to maybe uh, maybe recap and rebut. I, I don't want to sound like uh, Fox News, but th- I want it to be fair and balanced. I want you to have your say. J- uh, Jr. kind of took you to task a little bit, so Phil, you've got the floor, Eddie. Hey, hey wait ahead. a minute. Hang on. Before we, oh, go before ahead. We start. And Jr. I want you to listen to this real carefully. Eddie, oh, Lord. Eddie, start off with that thing about everything I said was right. <laughs> <laughs> so lead with that first, because that's really the most important part. First of all, George is totally true. Um, oh, you had it head on about where the name came from originally. 
from the Cab Cowboys And about song. the whole Santa Monica thing being basically Los Angeles. Oh, and, and, and that was my That, too, Santa Monica <laughs> is Los Angeles. Basically, if it's in L.A. County, it's in Los Angeles, more That's or less. Right. So much, all the cities around here are considered Los Angeles. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, help, Monica, George, Monica and Los Angeles. George, help me out a little bit with recapping. In case someone didn't listen to episode 354, Eddie purchased uh, a share in Heidi Ho Comics. Yes. Heidi, Heidi, Heidi Ho. He, he uh, is uh, raising the money through selling his complete Amazing Spider-Man collection through auction. And it's, uh, one of, it, it's located where again, Eddie? Santa Monica, Los Angeles. <laughs> Jr. kind of took exception to that. What else did? Well, Jr. What? Uh, I don't even know where to go. Well, first with of this. all, you said George recap, and then you go to Eddie, and then you're back to Jr. And I'm like, why the hell did you even say my name? Well, <laughs> just so you could bitch at me. So go ahead. You you tell me what else I missed. Okay, from the okay. Basically, what happened, listeners? Okay. Last last time on the podcast. Well, podcast before last because the last podcast was an epic uh, Fight Club uh, show, and really that's what you tuned in for anyway. But, <laughs> Jesus. But um, no, we, we followed the news about Eddie buying a stake in the, in the, in the Heidi Ho um, uh, comic shop, and and Jr. did his usual grumpy old man routine when he does the news. The same thing, you know, the same sort of brand when he says "suck it, Douglas" on having to read news that's thirty years old. You know that Brad found in, a, in an old Wizard magazine somewhere. You know, or, or when Brad makes him cover the Secret Wars, or when Brad, you know, tells him, "Oh, hey, Jr., you know, talk about some shit that went down with with uh, Febreze and Saginaw, Michigan, that involved it is just that Spidey related because a kid happened to be wearing a Spidey shirt." So, so Jr. took the 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 you know the exact same tongue in cheek, you know, grumpy old man rant, you know, tone. Uh, to cover that story, and and Eddie Eddie took umbrage with it, and I don't think I, I think maybe he he felt uh, we were giving him short shrift. Is that is that more or less accurate? Yeah, I guess so. I didn't take it that hard, but yeah, things were said. You said you would time. find what Jr. loved most in life and kill it in your emails. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when Brad and I decided to intervene. And it, no, 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 no. I mean, let me tell him right now. The thing I love most is my wife. <laughs> okay. Oh, stop, stop. Wow. Oh, you don't want Eddie wow. to murder your wife? My goodness. What? <laughs> wow. This podcast has started off in a very dark place. Oh, okay. So anyway, that's the recap. Eddie, okay. you've got the floor. What Thank would you, you like to say, sir? Well, there, was, there were several things that were said in, in a rather harsh tone towards me that were personal, and I felt like I should have the chance to maybe uh, rebut and uh, – just reply to those things. So first off, uh, <laughs> now Eddie, go easy on him because Jr. just had a colonoscopy. <laughs> he's about to have another one. <laughs> well, uh, he's got his pillow. He's good. <laughs> good lord! Wow. My decision to use Comic Connect to auction off my whole collection being a no-brainer, or as Jr. called it, uh, no brains. <laughs> Is, I guess maybe using one of the largest and most well-respected uh, comic book auction houses in the country is a pretty stupid move, I would think. And, uh, you know, they're actually, you know, they're only um, the auction house that owns the most valuable copy of Action Comics number one, which is uh, first appearance of Superman, Jr. I don't know, maybe it's the, that's the other guy in red, uh, blue tights. <laughs> maybe you've heard of him. 
So, uh, the other thing, too, that really got under my skin was that uh, JR expressed an interest in knowing what was my other failed dream. But <laughs> so, let me tell him. <laughs> it's, it's no secret that my dream, of course, is to be a published cartoonist. But, uh, you know, perhaps maybe um, my webcomic and my two self-published books is maybe not as impressive to him. So, I don't know. Maybe if we compare, uh, you know, JR's wildly popular comic strip to mine, maybe – oh, that's right. You don't have one. <laughs> okay, well, now, wait a minute. Now, in JR's defense, he, is, he has been published before in a book. No, I, actually, actually, though, I, 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 you know, I live a comedy, and that's about as enough uh, creative expression as I can handle, to be honest. <laughs> I, my, my life makes Al Bundy's look like heaven. <laughs> that aside, maybe we could compare my comic shop to JR's successful comic shop, you know. You know what? Yeah, you don't have one of those either, do you? Yeah. No, but you uh, for the last 26 that. years, I've been yeah, in the I, business of subsidizing my wife's extravagant lifestyle. <laughs> God. I, wow. I, 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 just the guy that likes to yell at people who has those things, you know? So, uh, Are you which one's... Which one is Rocky and which one is uh, Creed? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a draw. Well, the other thing that really kind of uh, really ticked me off a bit was the idea that um, owning a comic shop is just an inevitable career path because I grew up nerdy and lonely. Uh, oh. <laughs> if that's true, I, maybe it's not as nerdy and as lonely as the guy who yells on a podcast about the guy who owns the comic shop. <laughs> I, I, I yell because uh, that's uh, because I don't hear too well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, turn up your hearing aid for this last point that I want to make. Uh oh, uh oh, going for the going for the crotch. He'll be the only person in the last quarter of a century to do that. I assure you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. This is like listening to Foster Brooks at the Dean Martin Road, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That is, that is so true. Wow. So I oh. finish off by uh, commenting on JR's use of uh, calling me uh, conciliary and the guy with five vowels in his name. Uh, you know, that kind of ignorant stereotyping really is just as bad as making fun of someone's skin color or religion, really. And, you know, also, I would just be very careful when you start your car in the morning if you get my drift, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, another right. question. Please give my wife the keys. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, speaking well, of wives, uh, uh, but remember, remember, I love her more than anything else in this world. <laughs> speaking of wives, you asked, what the hell does Kristen think about this? She gave me a statement to read to you guys. <laughs> Yes. That's, yes. That's did she make a voodoo doll a of press I would like to read the following statement. Oh, wow. Okay, this is Christmas, Kristen's statement. Oh, God. In short, I think it's awesome. I think that it's awesome that a person was presented with an opportunity to become a business owner in a major metropolitan area. That's Los Angeles, Jr. <laughs> <laughs> in an industry that she's well-versed in and has a passion for. I think it's awesome that instead of shrugging it off to something impossible to attain, 
he utilizes the resources that he had available to him and made it happen. I think it's awesome that in, in a short amount of time, he has not one, not two, but many friends hear of his opportunity and offer to loan him money until he could pay it back to get started. I think it's awesome that customers at Heidi Ho readily approach him to congratulate him on his endeavors and praise all of his hard work that is clearly visible in the store after the short two months he's been an owner. And I think it is expletive, I won't say the word, awesome (laughs) that this person is my husband. Eddie came to me with the opportunity, and I was behind him 100% from day one. I saw it as the next adventure for us to embark upon, and together I know that we will be successful. That's really nice. very nice. All I can say is that this is proof of extraterrestrial life because there is no way you found a woman like that on this. <laughs> <laughs> and I not can only, say, not only did she write this and give it to me, but the truth is, when we first took over the shop, she was the first person we hired. Oh, that's all. Awesome. Nepotism. That's so she. That's so she can keep an eye on you. <laughs> I will say this uh, as as somebody uh, I I've met Eddie personally, and yeah. I've broke bread with the man and and his wife. Um, they are both fabulous people, and I am not surprised that she wrote that statement. Yeah, that's real. That's really awesome. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm here to help. I'm here to back you up, buddy. <laughs> All right. So, uh, in, in closing, there is a story that I read not too long ago that I think is rather appropriate here. Uh oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's the story of uh, George Lopez, the comedian. Oh, Jesus. Um, is, is this about? Wait, wait. Is this? I think I heard this one. Is this the one where he got drunk and passed out and said, hey, the next day it was like, you know, we live in America. Why can't a man have 42 shots or whatever? <laughs> I don't know. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> he got like real drunk and just flat passed flat out dead in public one night. And then like like he had like, I don't know, like 40 shots of whiskey or something. The next day he's like, dude, come on. I'm living the dream. It's almost no, like no, he had drinks with the kingpin like you did, George. I know, right? <laughs> No, this is the story about when he was asked why he was uh, name-calling Eric Estrada and why he hates the man so much. He hates <laughs> Eric Estrada? Yes. Who does that? Hates his how do you hate Eric Estrada? Hates his guts and will call him a prick in public. <laughs> that says more about George Lopez than it does about Eric Estrada. Well, no, this, this was the story, and I think it's rather appropriate right now. Um, he was saying long before he was ever famous, when he was a teenager, uh, he ran into Eric Estrada and was a huge fan. Tried to say hello to him, tried to shake his hand, but Eric Estrada pretty much just blew him off and just, you know, told him, get out of my way, kid, or whatever. And at that point, George Lopez says, you know what? I'm going to be big and famous so one day I can cram it in his face and tell him what a prick he is. So, <laughs> you are my. That is a great uh, motivator for success. Whoa! Wow! <laughs> you missed it. Say it again, Eddie. Mike said, stepped on you. Go I ahead. I said, Jr. You are my Eric Estrada. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Wow! Wow! Jr. Hmm? Would you like to rebut? <laughs> well, at least he didn't call me an ignorant slut. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, anyway. Oh, the night's gone. Yeah, yeah. Give him time. JR, all joking aside, guys, it's all in fun. I didn't take it that personal. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Hey, I own a comic shop, and you guys don't. So there you go. <laughs> That's true. There you go. <laughs> and in all seriousness, I wish you the best. Oh, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. And, and very happy for and you. And also, again, go over that part again where I was right about everything. <laughs> Stop. Stop, Stop it, right George. Thank you. If I hadn't have met my wife first, I would have married you, George. Oh, oh wow. Bad a dime yeah. every time a dude told me that. 
Oh, you'd have <laughs> you have a whole two. Oh, yeah, yeah, one yeah. down. This, this was about as close to a roast of Jr. as we've ever oh, had. That was on this. awesome. Okay. I, I like it. That was very good. Oh. That was very good. So that was the counterpoint to Jr.'s rant from two episodes ago. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, I appreciate you coming on, and much oh, luck with you the guys. Have you has has is the auction over? Have you sold all the comics yet? Yes, or? it is over. I was thinking maybe we can do something a little fun. Um, yeah. I, I uh, the auction is over. It ended on the, as of this recording. It ended about oh, about a week and a half ago. Uh-huh. Uh, I have the total amount of what the entire collection went for, and that's amazing. Wow. Fifteen, and then one all through seven hundred. Oh wow! Okay. Okay. So uh, I thought maybe we can do a fun little thing where you know I'm finding all kinds of weird little neat little treasures treasures around the shop of stuff that's just buried away. Maybe I can find something kind of fun and cool, Spidey related. And give it to the winner. We'll do a little roundtable here of everyone take a guess what they think that total was. The person who can get the closest without going over, I'll send them a prize. Now, wait a minute. What if JR wins? <laughs> no prize. He gets a bottle of aloe for that outrageous burn I gave him. <laughs> I would love it if you said JR a bottle of aloe. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Make it whiskey and it's a deal. <laughs> I don't know if you can transport alcohol across state lines. Hey, before we do this, Eddie, is this is it? And I heard this rumor, okay, about about the the, the auction and the, and everything that went down. And yeah. So settle this for me, uh, whether or not this is true. That from five forty four to seven hundred, you actually had to pay somebody to take them away. Uh, <laughs> you know what? You would be actually surprised. There were issues that were in the five hundreds and six hundreds. They went for money that I was thinking, what the are these people drunk? <laughs> They, they What's an example? What's between five hundred to seven hundred? What was the biggest seller? Uh, like some of the later J. Scott Campbell covers, which for some reason oh, are going oh, very yeah okay. variants. Okay, yeah, and, oh, wow. and nothing else besides that really can come to mind right away. But there were just some random ones that uh, weren't really overly valuable for any reason, going for like twenty or thirty bucks. Did wow. you did you sell the Obama cover for like an exorbitant <laughs> amount of money? <laughs> it didn't go for an exorbitant amount, but I think it went somewhere in the right, the first printing of it uh, because it was actually signed by um, uh, Todd Knock and Zeb Wells. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Uh, I, I think it went for like 40 or 50. Oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially if it's signed. I mean, but there's like, what, 10 billion of those things out there now? Yeah. Well, the first printings. The... Not the first print, though. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, okay. First print was very hey, limited. Does anybody know has President Obama ever signed that copy? That'd be cool if he did. Only on a golf course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you want? Let's go around the horn for Eddie's game. Let's. Who do you want to start first, Eddie? You're in charge. Uh, Jr. Why don't you go ahead and go? <laughs> hmm. Well, let's see here. Considering my age, multiplying it by two, uh, dividing it by my kids. Uh, let's see here. And I was born in '63. I'll say sixty-five thousand. Oof. Uh, okay. I'll go. You know, I'll, I uh, get close is not going over, Jr. <laughs> all right. I'll uh, I'll go next, uh, and I'll say. Uh, I'll say forty-two thousand. All right, Zach. How about Mike? So Zach, go ahead, Zach. Uh, I'm going to say I was kind of thinking of con prices in my head of what I've seen them go for. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to say three hundred twenty-five thousand. Whoa! 
Whoa. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> let me go last. I want to hear Mike's. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> well, knowing that you, knowing how uh, well I did on Spider Jeopardy, so. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say uh, probably maybe. Oh, because I'm trying to think how much it sold the Amazing Fantasy 15 for and versus everything else. Um, oh, what the heck? A hundred thousand? We'll just go with that. All right, my guess is forty-two thousand. <laughs> That's what I said. Oh, I'm sorry. You just try it, Brad. Thirty-eight thousand. Sorry, I'm going under. You all lose. You oh all damn! Work. Are we all over? Yes. Damn! <laughs> wow. <laughs> No gifts for anybody. Hey, man. No I, I, who was the close? Who was the close? Well, obviously Brad was because he was the lowest. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. yeah. Man, yeah, so Brad is so the... <laughs> what, what was the t- what was the right number? I was not even expecting what I got, only because I mean, come on, it was like the Amazing Fantasy 15 was a CGC 1.0, like the number one uh, was like a good minus, which is 1.8. So right yeah, off the bat. Yeah, but it's still what it is. I mean, I, I would I would guess that comic is worth what maybe nearly ten thousand. You're no. way off. No, I'm way off. That's way probably off. it's worth that's worth probably what eight hundred dollars. Which one are you talking about? AF15. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, that isn't it. A one point oh CGC one point oh. Uh, I just I bought it uh, originally bought it for two grand. It ended up selling for four grand. Oh, oh, okay. That's good. I made, a, I made a profit on all the older books, uh, about double what I paid. That's cool. That's I was, great. So you guys are way off. Yeah. <laughs> way, way off. The collection was not that outstanding. I mean, you know, the older books, <laughs> there was a lot of them that were lower grade condition. I was expecting, oh, okay. I was expecting around 10 to 12 grand. Right. Uh, the final number was $20,968. Oh, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. wow. That's cool. That's, That's great. Cool. I, I mean, I, I just was I was I was going to throw out a really big number just because I I had no idea. So okay, yeah, yeah yours you was the biggest. Yeah, you all like sixty grand, a hundred yeah. grand. <laughs> yeah, Zach is like you know based on oh, what yeah. I've seen at cons, right. I'm going to say half a million. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zach got out there and I was like, what are you on crack? <laughs> what are you going to for FJ? I forgot about uh, the condition grading thing too. That's yeah, right. Yeah, I didn't yeah. take that. I did. I, no, yeah. I, I I estimate AS, AF yeah. uh, fifteen a lot more than it yeah, was. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't know it yeah. was. But, you know, like what did a dog pee on it? I mean, at one point. One point oh. It was a copy that had just. It was really the inside looked nice because I saw it before it went to CGC. The inside looked nice, but the outside cover was just beat to hell. Yeah. Wow. Mm. I I love the people on Bleeding Cool that also took you to task. Oh, one guy geez. said, "What what what is your copy of AF15 yeah. like?" I'm, that was like the ultimate burn. I was like, "Exactly, f you guys." <laughs> All right, well, yeah. congratulations, you all win nothing. That's thank you for <laughs> a lifetime supply of nothing, absolutely nothing. No, now wait, it still gets the box well, out. Though, but Brad, since he was the closest, technically he should get whatever the prize is. I said no. closest, not going over, but I will honor uh, that. Oh, you don't, you don't have to. We, yeah, don't, we, no, make him earn it, Eddie. Yeah, don't just <laughs> yeah. Hey, and these are my friends. Huh? <laughs> I already spent ten dollars on this man today, so you know what? He don't need anything else. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, Eddie, I appreciate you coming on to have your two cents, and congratulations with the store. Thank you. And, and for having a wonderful wife. And thank you for the collectors every every Sunday on the front page. You're very welcome. It's awesome. Thanks, man.
Okay, time for our January Spider History. JR, we've got a ton of books because we're going to January 1996. Clones, 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 uh-huh. everywhere. <laughs> yes, I know, and I noticed that uh, I noticed that you invited uh, Zach Joyner, uh, he of Clone Saga Chronicles, and he of the misguided <laughs> uh, you know, mis- love of the Clone Saga here to either keep tabs or rebut everything I'm going to say. So uh, that, that's the theme of this episode, Jr. <laughs> so we're going to start with Sensational Spider-Man Zero. Since it's a zero book, nothing happened in it, right? Well, uh, th- actually, this would be uh, an exception <clears throat> to that case. Most zero issues have nothing. Uh, first, first of all, I, I do want to say that uh, before we start, um, I want to um, acknowledge, I don't even know if it's still up anymore, uh, Life of Riley. Uh, yeah, which it, is. Is, is, it is, actually. It's still up? Okay. Yeah, um, it's a different, slightly different slide. I think it's, it's on Life of Riley archives.blogspot.com. Yeah, it's, there you uh, go. It's a um, uh, overlong but still invaluable uh, history of the Clone Saga because Glenn Greenberg, who was uh, around during that time, uh, pretty well provides an insider's view of, of what of the insanity that was going on. And has it been updated in a while, Zach? I haven't read it in years. Uh, no, um, when they put it in the archives, they uh, they did not update. There was. Last time I think it was updated was an interview with Joe Quesada. <laughs> oh, okay. And uh, it's not on the it's not on that particular uh, form of Life of Riley. But yeah, you can that that web address will take you there every time. Cool. Dan Jurgens comes to the Marvel Universe with this one. Yeah, he doesn't stay very long. No, he doesn't. Gets the hell out. <laughs> oh well, let's Six see months. here. First of all, sensational Spider-Man number zero. Uh, what had happened here was. Um, the um, spider title, uh, well, actually, when we discuss Web of Scarlet Spider, I'll go into more detail. But uh, the spider titles had all been canceled, replaced by Scarlet Spider books. Then the old spider titles came back uh, with the original numbering, except for Web, which was the uh, lowest selling. And they decided to cancel it and kind of start anew uh, with a particular title. And so they called it Sensational Spider-Man. And you had to pay for this, like, I don't know what the hell they call what, what do they call this thing? Lenticularitis or something? Uh, cover? Yeah. Or something? yeah. Lenticularitis is exactly yeah. it. It's, a hol- it's like, a, it's like a, a foil cover with, like, a holographic parts into it. And, it's like yeah. one of those things where you move and they, where you move, slightly change it, shift it, and the guy, like, <laughs> yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. I can't see the cover price. How much do we pay? Oh, it's on the back. You paid four ninety five for this jewel in 1996. <laughs> Wow! Can you imagine what they would charge you for this bastard now? That's a ten dollar comic. Oh my lord! That's a ten dollar comic. But anyway, zero. Do they still do zero comics anymore, or is it like point one has now replaced it as the numbering gimmick? I think Silk has a zero. It's the it's the point one. It's the point one, and it's the. Uh, putting whatever goddamn event it is, followed with, by a colon and and whatever like Fantastic. Actually, War. DC Fantastic. Comics did it not too long ago, as far as their as part of their Simber, September gimmick month. There's a Marvel Zero coming out. I swear, I can't think of it though. Mm. I think it's Silk. I could be wrong. Mm. No. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, so the story begins. Of course, we know that Ben Riley is the real Spider-Man. Wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> 
and uh, so he, he, he's doing some heavy thinking. He and he goes to uh, the probably the second most overvisited uh, spot in the Spider-Man universe after the bridge, uh, Uncle Ben's grave. But however, it's not just Uncle Ben; it's Aunt May's grave as well, because as we all know, Aunt May died in Amazing Spider-Man number four hundred. Wink, wink. wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> it's the actor. And. Uh, yeah, the actress. So anyway, so so you know Ben is there, you know, doing the whole, you know, he tells everybody the origin, because as we know, since Ben Riley is now Spider Man, he is going to have to tell the reader in every single friggin' issue what has happened. Um, and, and it just so happens, it just so happens he runs into Anna Watson, Aunt May's old friend, who of course thinks he's Peter. And she asks him, "What's he doing there? And where's Mary Jane?" And Ben, you know, gives him gives her gives her some half-assed excuse about going to the Daily Bugle. And then it occurs to him, "Oh shit! What am I going to do? That's going to happen all the time." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as he uh, you know, as he ponders that you know th- that particular problem, uh, we learn that the villain known as Armada, you know, and of course <laughs> Armada is another one of these villains in a souped-up battle metal battle suit. I mean, these guys were a dime a dozen, and you know they uh, in the in the 1990s. There were so many bad villains in the goddamn 90s. Oh, most of them were man. in Image too. Actually, those battle oh. guys—they <laughs> were in Image, or they were in Marvel Annuals. Oh, well, it God. started in Image when all those when all the guys left out left from left from Marvel, like Liefeld and, yeah. and Marley and everything. And then so Marvel's like, "Oh, we got to get on that bandwagon too." Remember that one guy, Jr. and that one of the, one of those annuals what was it Annex? Yes, Annex. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would, I after you see Annex, away. you almost expect you know villains like Shed, Outhouse, um, <laughs> in a storage <laughs> building. It's like the, the barn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Annex. That's all. So anyway, Armada is the guy who uh, you know. What distinguishes him though is that he gives all his little flying robots female names and talks to them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not lying. Love it. I love it. Uh, that's honest to God truth. And uh, anyway, so anyway, what we find out here is that he is working for a, you know, a redesigned Mysterio. Uh, and we'll see more of the redesign later. Uh, we'll talk about that. The redesigned Mysterio who wants him to steal some mystery DIT chip. Well, we find out later this DIT chip is a, you know, a, a computer chip that will take a person's thoughts and actually project them out where everybody can see them. So anyway, well, yeah. Ben decides he needs webbing, but he has no money. So, or not much money. So he goes to Walgreens and for $16.50, <laughs> and we know it's $15.50 because that's what the cashier says. There you um, go. He um, uh, cooks up uh, a batch of webbing, which is rather inferior to his old batch and stuff. But you know, what the heck, what do you, what do you expect well, from what Purchase from Walgreens. It's the clone. I mean, the, everything everything about it's going to be inferior. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> well, maybe drive down there and smack you. They're they're uh, they're Berryman. I'm sorry. I'll I'll take my truth boots off, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be putting some boots up somewhere. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I now, see, and this is why this is why Brad. I I and honestly, this is why I never really want to do Spider History alone. Exactly. <laughs> um, 
like the two you like the two Texans fighting. Is that why? No, it's it's just it's just that you know if it's if it's just me, it's just me blathering or whatever you know, and we don't get right. the other perspectives and stuff. Uh, anyway, Ben goes to the Daily Grind, which you know, of course, is is uh, going to be the new hot spot here in the the Ben Riley verse. Uh, <laughs> <and> so, <laughs> Damn right. Because it's a coffee shop. Because all because Ben Riley is supposed to be hip and cool. Okay, well, it's because of Friends. Was, Remember oh, because Friends? Was friends, friends was, was on TV at the time. time. Was it coming out? Did it like premiere at this time? Yeah, Friends was coming on. Oh, and, okay. And yeah, that's that right. goddamn show took place in what was that? And that coffee, called? the coffee yeah. bean or something. Yeah, Central Perk. Central Perk. That's right. Yep. Nineteen ninety four. Friends came on. This is two years after. There you go. I think it's the goddamn good thing you have me on right now to, to put it in perspective for you. <sighs> I would have said the I same thing. I told you that life would be this way. <laughs> <laughs> At the Daily Grind, we have clones coming your way. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Hang on. I was about to say, how long, how long should we let him do this and just make an utter ass of himself? You guys keep going. I'll be right back. I have to turn the gas on on my stove and let it fill the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a minute. I'll be back. <laughs> so Ben goes to the Daily Grind, which is a coffee shop, because all young hip people go to coffee shops, uh, and um, you know, and he orders a meal which costs five dollars and fifteen cents. But guess what? He only has four dollars and ninety cents. Suck it, clone! Suck it, clone! I love it. <laughs> but he's not the clone. He's the real one because he tells us every issue. He's the real one. Anyway, but the owner Shirley lets him eat anyway. Much to the chagrin of her son, Devin. Anyway, in walks obvious potential female love interest, number one. (laughs) (laughs) And her name is Desiree Winthrop, who is basically the old Mary Jane on steroids. (laughs) She is a flighty fashion model. Oh, and she, you know, you know, it's like she's been watching Green Acres reruns or whatever, you know, and watching... (laughs) You know, darling, you know, it's an utter cliche, you know. It's, wow. it's so and, and she, later. she walks over where Ben is sitting, and she informs him that he is sitting in her spot. So anyway, well, Ben, you know, Ben's thinking, well, you know, uh, you know, uh, oh, shit, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I've already mooched a meal off this person. Uh, and besides, she just gave me a great idea by referencing a fashion department at college. So I'll go to the college's fashion department and I will raid their remnant bin for my new costume redesign. And I'll call artist Mark Bagley to help me design it. <laughs> and uh, Story. because Mark Bagley designed uh, this this new costume. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Anyway, so Spider-Man is swinging around the city in his new costume, and he is spotted by obvious potential female love interest number two, uh, who right now is known only as Jessica, who runs off to get her camera and takes his picture. And we find out that she says somewhat obliquely, this is what she's dreamed of for so long. Ooh, the suspense. (laughs) You know, you know, if this was Howard Mackey, we wouldn't have found out. Oh, we would never have found out. Uh, <laughs> but because Dan Jurgens gets pissed off and leaves, uh, we find out what's going on about about three to four months later. Uh, anyway, Ar- Armada steals the chip. Spider-Man fights him and beats him. But some of Armada's, giz- Armada's gizmos, his girl gizmos, fly in and steal the chip. 
So, you know, ever the intellect, Spidey says, huh, Armada's laying there unconscious. The girls are flying off. Hmm, someone else must be controlling them. <laughs> I am one smart original Spider-Man. Anyway, <laughs> we then see the redesigned Mysterio, courtesy of John Romita Jr., yeah. Um, he didn't pencil this issue, but apparently he uh, had the idea they were redesigning a lot of villains. I am horrible at describing things like I am and giving directions, but basically old Bubblehead is gone and he's shrouded in a bunch of smoke. It's not a bad looking costume, to be honest. It's it's actually kind of neat looking, but yeah. But and, and part of I don't know part part of the the, the thing about Spider Man's villains or super villains in general is their corny look. Um, but it's it's not a bad redesign, really. Um, certainly, it's probably probably what he would look like in a movie. Yeah, if, if I would guess. Yeah, it's not like something stupid like making the vulture young, because that was the whole vulture <laughs> thing. Was he was? Yeah, that was awful. Yeah, you know, this is not a bad redesign. Um, so anyway, but anyway, he's got this big you know plan with this chip. So anyway, Ben decides that uh, well, you know, if I'm going to hang out at a coffee shop with otherly similarly empty-headed people who are vain and petty, I'm going to have to dye my hair blonde. Uh, so, <laughs> yep. so basically he dyes his hair blonde. And he comes back. What, basically what he came back and he, well, when, he saved, when he tried to save the chip, he saved one of the scientist inventors. The scientist inventor is so grateful he offers him a bunch of money. Spider-Man says, no, I don't take money from people, but hey, what? I owe, I owe some lady a quarter. Could you give me a quarter? You know, and uh, then the scientist says, well, here's a quarter. Call someone who cares. And, uh, <laughs> and then, so anyway, Ben goes back to the grind with his blonde hair and uh, gives Shirley the quarter. And because she is so overwhelmed by his honesty, she offers him a job as a barista because that's something young, hip, relatable people do. They don't go into fields like engineering or science or, you know, technology or teaching or anything like that. Hip, young people who are worthy of being emulated work, work as coffee baristas. So. There you go. <laughs> or, or hipster douchebags. <laughs> and then we wind up the issue where we started at Ben and May's graves as Ben rededicates himself to the good fight as Spider-Man. So, there you go. Anyway. All right. Uh, commentary. Uh Really, it was a setup. I mean, actually, I'll kind of, maybe I'll, I'll say what, my, what I actually thought of the stories themselves for when we get through all five parts. Uh, but just kind of a little backstory, which, of course, I would, am telling Spidey Dude absolutely nothing new. He knows all of this. In fact, he has an entire podcast dedicated to it. Um, but uh, the reason that where Ben Riley is Spider-Man uh, as Glenn, Glenn Greenberg states, it's been, what, two years since the Clone Saga is going on, and no one bothered to try to figure out in all of that time, huh, how do we make Ben Riley Peter Parker again? And, yeah. <laughs> and by Sensational no, Zero, the they, they still should... haven't, huh? I was just saying, that should have been the first question they should have asked themselves, but... Yeah, and so they said, wait a minute, Peter's out there with Mary Jane. If Peter Parker is in New York without Mary Jane, because the whole idea was to get rid, part of the idea was to get rid of Mary Jane, because she was an old ball of chain that aged him like, oh, 35 years or something. And and, and young people, young people who are like in their mid-20s or whatever, can't relate to being married and having children. Uh, (laughs) Isn't that right? Is anybody is anybody here married and having children? You know, they can't possibly relate. Spider-Man. 
So it's a good thing we got rid of Mary Jane. I can't relate to a guy who can dodge machine gun fire and pick up a city bus. <laughs> I have no damn. If she's married, I'm out. Yeah, uh, I can't relate to a guy who dyes his hair and looks like, and apparently looks like a different person to everybody else. Right? I can't. I can't relate to douchebags that wear hoodies. <laughs> okay. Well, the hoodie's gone. Okay. Uh, anyway, so they realize that he couldn't be Peter Parker, and it's like you know, again, the the one obvious thing that you should have figured out when you started this, you didn't figure out. Uh, which really is one reason the Clone Saga failed, uh, and Greenberg admits it, uh, was because everybody knows Spider-Man is Peter Parker. And you would have had to have made Ben Peter Parker, because what happens in every issue that Ben is Spider-Man, it has to be explained that yeah. he's the real Spider-Man. This <laughs> right. so, doesn't work. Yeah, he doesn't work. And um, now, as Greenberg says, because this kind of figures in later, when Dan Jurgens got the assignment, there were no plans for Peter Parker to be Spider-Man, and Jurgens was actually disappointed because that's the Spider-Man he wanted to write. He wanted to write the long, continuity-heavy Spider-Man, and that's not what he got. Um, and even though he leaves the title, he, as we'll find out when we talk later, uh, he actually sets the events for the reversal of the Clone Saga in motion. So mm. anyway, that is, that is sensational number zero. What would you give that for a grade, sir? Yeah, you know, I almost would kind of wait to rather discuss these. And, you know, it's it's what C plus B minus range. It's not okay. a bad. These aren't bad stories until no. I I remember liking this one twenty years yeah. ago. Yeah. See, see, first of all, I did not buy these originally. Okay, I only went back. I only bought these because basically I quit when I found out that Peter was the clone, and that was it. That was meant to be. I, I stopped buying the title. Um, Same here. And. But I would burn steel it occasionally. But then when I started, after Peter came back, and then actually after I, after I started the now uh, comatose Spidey Kicks Butt website, um, I said, yeah, shit, you know, maybe I'll go back and like actually read some of this shit. Uh, and so um, by this time I transferred to Cleveland, and, uh, and uh, one of the things about moving to a metropolitan area, uh, oh, which, by the way, uh, even though I live... In the Cleveland area, I actually live in Medina, Ohio, and not Cleveland. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> stop, stop. But I say Cleveland because nobody knows where Medina, Ohio, is. <laughs> but, but very, but like but Medina is a separate city because very much like Santa Monica, it has its own. <laughs> Uh, mayor, its own city council, its own police force. If you are written a ticket, uh, you are, it is a, uh, it is written by the city of Santa Monica, unless you live in the North Canyon area. Because if you live in the North Canyon area, I believe that's, uh, that's North Santa Monica, and if you were to call 911, the West LA police would actually come in out to Santa Monica. Okay, 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 okay. What does this have to do with the goddamn clone saga? Oh, oh, oh. it's going on as long as the clone saga. Go ahead, we got amazing Spider-Man. What do we else we got? Making some points. Anyway. (laughs) What amazing are we going to next? Amazing Spider-Man number 407. Okay, got it. Tom DeFalco and Mark Bagley on this one. By the way, did I tell you about my colonoscopy? Yes. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, don't be an asshole. Okay. 
Well, I'm a bigger one than I used to be. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God almighty. What happens when I walk out of this show? <laughs> it all ends. <laughs> okay, anyway, Amazing Spider-Man number 407. If anybody Part needs two, me, I'll be downstairs in the parking lot with my lips wrapped around somebody's exhaust. <laughs> George, you cut out. You got your lips wrapped around what? <laughs> I'm not coming on this show anymore. I'm done. People are horrible. Go ahead. Go ahead, JR. Anyway, Go ahead. Amazing. The issue begins with everybody suspicious about Spider-Man because he's wearing a different costume. So they think, well, wait a minute. Is this the real Spider-Man or not? So Jonah, Jameson, and Robbie debate the issue. And the Human Torch uh, with the two brain cells he's got get together and think about it. <laughs> and uh, he, he skywrites, meet, you know, meet me at the usual place, which is, of course, the Statue of Liberty, where... Yeah. Spider-Man and the Torch had their first bow powwow back in what was it? Was it Strange Tales number two? Was that it? Um, I think with with the Ditko uh, Spider-Man. I mean, a Kirby Spider-Man without a, a chest spider. Uh, you know, I don't know, but I I thought it was actually drawn by Ditko. Was it drawn by Kirby? No, the cover was Kirby. Oh, okay. Thanks. Okay, uh, but anyway, th so that, anyway, that's kind of been their regular meeting place. Anyway, we then go to Silver Sable and the Sandman. Of course, this is during the period the Sandman is a good guy, and he's working for Sable, uh, you know, who's from the country of Smincaria, and she's also wondering, <laughs> which is which is also not part of L.A. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> anyway, she's curious whether or not Spidey's been replaced as well. Well, we, we then see what Mysterio is up to. So basically, he wants to use the chip to create his own television network. Uh, so in other words, he wants to be the supervillain Rupert Murdoch. Uh, but then oh again, I guess people will tell you Rupert Murdoch's already a supervillain. But anyway... Um, so anyway, Ben, Ben, you know, he goes to the the Liberty Island Ferry. Uh, I'm not touching that one. Me neither. <laughs> Literally or metaphorically. Uh, and uh, he's debating on whether or not he should go meet with the torch. But then he sees that Sandman is there. And he and he doesn't know whether Sandman's a good guy. You know, because you know, last time, of course, he was Spider-Man. Sandman was a bad guy. Uh, and so basically he and the Sandman get in one of those misunderstood fights. The torch sees it, flies in more super high, super power hijinks prevail before Sable calls a halt uh, through the action and tells everyone, no, this is not the same Spider-Man. He has a different fight, fighting style and seems less experienced. The torch demands to know what's going on. Spidey tells him to piss off. Sable suggests, <laughs> You know, you know, Johnny, you know, you're one of my oldest super, you were probably my first hero in the superhuman community. Uh, and, uh, but basically, and, you know, my whole life has changed or whatever. I'm not the person you knew, blah, blah, blah. But I don't owe you shit. So, you know, <laughs> just because your family is basically almost my adopted family in the superhero universe, I don't owe you shit. Piss off. Um, of course, part of it probably is that he's around other people. Uh, but anyway, Sable suggests, you know, hey, there might be some future employment for you. Spider-Man wonders what kind of a world he is living in now. And but no, before like, I, I don't... your job, lady, I'm a barista. <laughs> 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 one, la one last thing. In, 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 during the story, we meet another hip-supporting character at the grind. Who's that? He's an old hippie called Buzz, who reminds me... <laughs> Reminds me of George Carlin, because he's got the ponytail and all. And it is obvious that Buzz is going to be around to dispense wisdom to our young, hip characters. 
And of okay. course, he will be doing so later in the these uh, later in the stories. I do not remember. All, those. all of this is just reinforcing that I didn't miss a goddamn thing by skipping over this period in Spider-Man. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <clears throat> all right. What do you think of great on this one? You know, they all fall in the same range, uh, except um, yeah, C plus B minus. Okay. C plus gotcha. probably. I mean, because they're I, I think they're average stories. You know, I know Spidey Dude was anticipating me ripping these things to shreds, but uh, hey, they ain't any worse than what we're seeing now. By, by calling it average, I, I think you're making him cry. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I, I, well I considering see. that he was expecting me to absolutely shit all over him, like I did on some mediocre, overhyped, overpriced piece of shit called Secret Wars. Uh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was. He gotta, now this podcast a victory. Yeah, I, I, I think I think I'm not uh, bruised and maimed uh, like you guys were with Secret Wars. Wait until he gets to Spider-Man Unlimited. That's always a turd. Okay, that's uh, actually. If I, yeah. If I remember correctly, the publishing order is now adjectiveless. Spider-Man right, is that right? Right. right. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. It, it starts out by Spider-Man rescuing a kid from a burning burning building. Oh, uh, Spider-Man. Real quick, Spider-Man uh, 64, written by Howard Mackie, pencils by John Romita Jr. Oh, yeah. Howard Mackie. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, I have... Now, this is good Howard Mackie. Well, like, it's whoa, not bad whoa, Howard Mackie, but whoa, he actually, to be whoa. honest, he gets better when yeah. Norman comes back. Right. Because he actually has, he, he actually kind of has an affinity for writing Norman, and his take on Spider-Man at that time was kind of more dirty, crime, Norman plotting, and other things going on. It actually it was very, it was, I thought it was very good. But I did too. But it's funny because Mackie had his ups and downs. But if you go back and like read Life of Riley, I didn't realize this. How many digs? Glenn, Greenberg, Glenn Greenberg takes at Mackey. I mean, there have been a lot of people taking shots at Mackey over the years for various reasons. The fact that he sets up subplots and has no idea where they're going or forgets about him or doesn't care, um, you know, which which is pretty evident. But but I, I'm I was surprised at the number of shots Greenberg takes at him. Yeah. Um, it's too bad. Yeah, because usually I, I thought there was always kind of a professional courtesy, you know. <laughs> but uh, so you no. wonder what else he did. Uh, but anyway, uh, Spider-Man rescues a kid from a burning building. As the kid is t- being taken to the hospital in an ambulance, he's kidnapped by a dude who calls himself El Toro Negro, which I know that if I say this wrong, I'm going to be called a racist. So it, since it's what Spanish for black bull, I'm just going to call him what? No, wait, should, should I, no I don't. I can't even call him black bull, can I? I have to, I'm just going to call him bull. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Wow. Anyway, out of the rubble pops the boy's mom, who happens to be poison. Uh, another absolute that girl is poison. Never useless forgotten character mom. from the 90s, uh, yeah. who Spidey has met before. And I, she's not a villain. I guess she's a good guy. She was down, you know, kicking Cuban crime lords, you know, in uh, <laughs> Miami. So that girl is poison. Now I got that in my head. Never George, trust a big button to smile. That girl is poison. <laughs> Who's saying that? I was about was to say, shouldn't we, I, I was just thinking, since Disney just released a Frozen sing-along, should we, like, have a podcast sing-along or something like that? No. No. There okay. would never be another When did Spider-Man person. meet Poison, by the way? I don't remember that issue. Uh, uh, it was like, oh, uh, they in, referenced uh, it. was in Amazing Scarlet Spider, number two. It's when they had that great uh, game cool. story going on. Oh, okay. okay. That's why I never heard yeah. it or read it. Yeah, and actually, this is kind of tangentially associated um, with that, mm. because the great game, as you recall, was... Uh, basically, Marvel wanting to kind of do a super villain hero WWF, and um, so basically, really, what they got was WTF. <laughs> <laughs> 
and uh, it was basically a bunch of rich dudes who would sponsor uh, uh, supervillains or he- people with superpowers. They would fight each other, and of course, all these other these all these rich dudes would bet on them. Uh, so yeah. the Black Bull here kidnaps um, Poison's son because Poison has a contract with the rich dude that Black Bull wants the contract with. So he kidnaps Poison's son, so Poison will reject the contract, uh, and then he gets the contract. Um, but good grief, yeah. And uh, this is the best together. But but you know, Spider-Man, of course, you know, comes to the rescue. Uh, the Black Bull's defeated. Poison and Sun are reunited, and oh, by the way, during the story, finds an apartment thanks to a connection provided to him by Wisdom Dispensing Buzz. Buzz. So that his obvious introduction, you know, his, you know, when you saw over the lights going over his head that said "New Supporting Character Debuts Here," uh, you knew he was going, and he did. He provided a connection, and Ben gets a new apartment. Hey, uh, Jr. Yes. Web of Spider-Man Annual Four was Poison's first appearance. 1988. Probably all those issues were Scott, more issues of Scarlet Spider were read than Web of Annual Number Four. <laughs> and she was also in Marvel Comics Presents 60 through 67, written by uh, Steve Gerber. Uh, Steve Gerber created the character in both. In- wow. All right, Brad. You have to start what? this episode like when you post this on the website. You have to use Bell Biv DeVoe now. <laughs> okay. And you, BBD. And you have to make sure, and you have to make sure that Never Trust Big Button Smile is on there. By the way, Web of Spider-Man Annual Four was the first appearance of the Slug. You remember the Slug? Boy, uh-huh. you know who hated the Slug? Oh man, he always like he was like a really fatter. Pe- you know who hated the Slug? Who? Stella. Why? <laughs> I don't know, man. For whatever reason. Um, Whatever happened to the slug? We were y'all? talking about a Fight Club one time because you know we used to hang out on Skype. Me and her and Bailey used to talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, and boy, she just twisted off one night about how much she just straight up hated the effing slug, <laughs> like it was a vendetta, like it was personal, like this dude had killed somebody she knew or something. This man weighed twelve hundred pounds, and he was a uh, let's see, wasn't he a crime lord down in yeah Miami, Florida? Yeah, he was a drug kingpin. I think he's still around. He was oh, in uh, he was oh, in Dead Man's at, Hand, I think. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of this no, guy he wasn't now. Dead Man's Hand. I'm looking at the pictures of this guy now. He was in like I remember him in a Daredevil issue or something. Like he, they teamed up with the Punisher and during uh, according and, to Wikipedia during the Dark Reign storyline, the Slug is seen as part of the Hood's criminal gang that is sent by Norman Osborn to attack the New Avengers. The fight takes place inside the former Hellfire Club. He and most of the group are defeated in battle. He also makes a cameo appearance in uh, dur- with yep. Howard Mackey uh, during the, right before Spider-Man seventy-five when uh, Don Fortuno was doing the storyline, mm-hmm. and they were all talking to the different various crime lords. He also but, uh, just some trivia. He also had the same um, uh, the, the same weakness that uh, Modoc had. Modoc, you know, Modoc the uh, you know the guy who was like a giant. Yeah, yeah. the floor, uh, yeah. It, they both have the same weakness in that uh, neither could play tennis. Here, this is the this is the, <laughs> nice. this is the last update on the slug. After video footage of Tigra being be- beaten by the hood is released over the internet, Tigra and Giant Man track down the slug as the source of the footage. Now penniless after the hood's fall from power, Slug sold the footage to a celebrity video website for money needed to leave the country. He's defeated by Tiger and Giant Man and placed under arrest. That was last 
appearance of the slug in Avengers I, Academy no. number eight. How does it take Giant Man and Tiger to beat this dude? He couldn't move. <laughs> <laughs> he was like Jabba the Hutt of the Marvel Universe. Dude. He was. He was. Jr. We went a bit off off kilt. Go ahead. Take us back. <laughs> I, you mean we just started going off kilt? Really? I know, man. We're off. We're off. <laughs> anyway, spe- I think. Go ahead. I think the next one's spectacular. Great for that one. I think that one's lower, I would think. And yeah, yeah, really. Because I tell you, the great game, uh, and, and again, I uh, it's been a while since I read a lot of these Clone Saga issues. Because and, 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 I bought them all because one day I thought that I might actually you know, do my own written retrospective of it, but that's never happened. Why would you uh, and I could never, and I could time. never, cons- huh? Why would you waste that kind of time? Well, I could, ne- I could never. It's the Clone compete. Saga. Who cares? I could hey, never compete with Clone Saga Chronicles. I just couldn't. There you go. So well, thank you, ne- the, thank you. The next next one is Spectacular Spider-Man number two thirty, uh, written by Todd DeZago and art by our pal Sal Buscema. Our yeah, we can get through, we can get through this one really quick. Uh, basically, two brothers who run an environmental consulting business are going to begin an audit of an obviously corrupt businessman who's dumping his waste illegally uh and so he sets him to be blown up among his own chemical waste which uh, anyway i was about to, I, was about, I was about to say you know a uh, spidey dude uh i hope uh hope you have a strong stomach because you're going to be exposed to a lot of chemical waste here in the next few months uh, <laughs> wait a minute hey jr Yes. How was he dumping his waste illegally? Was he dropping the deuce out on the docks, or what was going on with this guy? <laughs> this guy was uh, basically... How did thinking, he get rid of his waste? Yeah, well, he, he just dumped, bar- you know, jump, dumped barrels into the water, I guess. Okay. Yeah, uh, but so anyway, so he sets the two brothers up. You know, they say, aha, look, this guy's dumping waste. We got him now. You know, they roll over a barrel, and there's a bomb there, and it blows up. Well, it kills the it kills the brother, one brother, but it turns the other into a muck monster. And he goes, <laughs> basically like the Sandman and Hydro Man mud monster oh, thing, basically. Yeah. And, 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 pollution. Tar and purple. Yeah. <laughs> purple tar anyway, man. he calls himself DK because those are his, his initials. <laughs> David Colleen? Yeah. So Jesus he's Christ, are you serious? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, if I was a monster, I'd be BD. <laughs> this is, this is how bereft of originality the clone saga was. <laughs> So yeah, basically, if he had a bunch I'm the new villain. I'm DK. So <laughs> what if he had a bunch of rashes and open sores, he'd be called VD or something? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I'd, be, I'd, run, I'd run away from that monster, uh, man. So DK is basically a muck monster, a biohazard character, which weren't, weren't those like, didn't they go out of vogue in the 70s? Characters based on bio, you know, hazardous, you know, chemical disasters or whatever. I like, can see man thing going up against DK. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like material for one of Jerry Conway's liberal screeds. Yeah, they got to <laughs> bring this stuff back up every now and then, you know, Ooh, we got to protect the planet, global warming, yada, yada. Well, we do have to protect the planet, but the thing is, you know, we could like make our we could make it a little less obvious that we're running off on, you know. Uh, anyway, DK obviously so wants to how Spider-Man get involved with DK. Uh, well, DK wants to kill the corrupt illegal waste dumper. Spidey doesn't want him to talk some sins into him. D- turns out DK has info that will send this guy to jail, and so then John J- at the end, John Jameson and Edward Whelan, aka Vermin, one of my favorites, come to pick oh. up DK and take him to Ravencroft. The end. Wow, that sounds horrible. Pretty much a D on this. One. What was Vermin on work yeah. release or something? How? No, he. I think he was cured at this time, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was cured. Uh, J. M. D. Mateus uh, did a uh, a storyline in right like right before, or right after uh, two hundred. 
uh, called The Death of Vermin. I think it was before 200. Um, and they, it's a psychological driven story where the, I remember that. I just don't remember him suddenly, you know, getting a job with him or something. You know, I don't Yeah, he, he, uh, yeah, yeah, as, as part of, since he was cured, they uh, hired him to, to help out up there. Yeah. Mm. He makes uh, various cameo appearances between, uh, between that time and, uh, I think he eventually leaves Ravencroft like before 2000, like, I'm looking at the the next appearance of uh, DK is in Sensational Spider-Man number sixteen. He came back seventeen and eighteen. Yeah, <laughs> because banded, yeah he banded DK. Uh, Here it said K, DK signed himself into Ravencroft and began treatment under the watch of Doctor Kafka. Is that the German Suffering? guy or whatever who plays Blue Danube? But he no, no, it was the sexy. It was the sexy Doctor Kafka because he got the. This is from the Mar- Marv uh, UNAPP dot com. Uh, suffering f- from survivor's guilt. Uh, DK began to turn his powers inward, slowly rotting himself from the inside. <laughs> As he'd signed himself in, he was about to leave at any time, and, and tired of being locked up and isolated, began to consider doing so. Concerned, Dr. Kafka summoned Spider-Man, the only person DK truly trusted. Uh, Kafka was unaware that it was really Ben Riley, and uh, had died months ago, and that the current Spider-Man had not even met DK. See, that's the pre- DK. Oh, I don't DK know. DK was really upset that he had to be in the Clone Saga. So that's why he was trying to stop it, George. The last appearance of DK. Uh, DK melted his way out of Ravencroft and made his way to Central Park and Sensational Spider-Man 18, where he began calling for Spider-Man. <laughs> hey, hey, Spidey! Uh, anyway, when the web slinger finally arrived, DK began to decay further, revealing that he only wanted to thank Spider-Man for trying to help him. Parker could only watch helplessly as DK melted into a puddle of sludge. Before he had time to fully pro- process what had happened, the currently youthful uh, vulture swooped into attack. His spider sense alerting him just in time, Spider-Man defeated the vulture and deflected the vulture into the puddle. Still possessing someone, some spark of life, the puddle sucked the vulture into the, its depths. Spider-Man pulled the arch-criminal from uh, DK's corpse, only to find that DK's powers had re-aged him into an old man. <laughs> that was the last appearance of DK. God, so you're welcome, America. We got he brought back old Vulture instead of the crappy new Vulture. You're welcome, yeah. America. Wow, that was what DK was good for. He made it the Vulture old. <laughs> what did you say, D on this one, Jr. Jr. has died with the boredom of DK's origin. <laughs> oh no, I, I, no! Actually, I was uh, actually I was I was getting I, I was taking shots, uh, getting drinks, and uh, to turn off my mic. Uh, yeah, it, you know, but, it, but it's a D, I mean it's a it's a D in that it's just a blah boring story. Yeah. You know, it, it has yeah. nothing to do with it being clone saga related or anything like that. It's just you know, oh gee, evil evil waste dumper, blah blah blah. You know, even, even Sal couldn't save this one. Huh? No, no. Yep. Yeah, Tommy Yachty's inks on this issue really—they uh, were kind—they were trying to do Sinkevich light, and they're better than Sinkevich with Musima, but it's still Sinkevich from Musima did not match. No, that was a bad match. <laughs> bad match. If if uh, memory serves right, the next book is Spider-Man Unlimited, yes. number eleven. Number eleven. Okay. Uh, this one written by Adam uh, Santia Gilo and Fabian Nicieza, and pencils by Dave Hoover and Sal Musima. Take it away, Jr. Take it away with Black Cat on the cover. Yes, indeed. Um, anyway, we, we learn but that while Ben Riley was roaming the country and he was in Vermont, he tutored some local uh, some local college kids. Now, editorial comment here. 
Okay. Now, Ben Riley was brought in because Peter Parker had aged too much and Ben was going to be young and hip. Okay. So Ben can tutor kids and not be old. <laughs> Spider-Man can mentor the new Captain Marvel and not be old. Spider-Man can mentor the new X-Men in a whole new series and not be old. Spider-Man can teach <laughs> the young Avengers and not be old. But Peter Parker cannot be a high school teacher because that ages him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, J.R., uh, take it easy on Ben Riley, okay? Because no one told him life was going to be this way. Yeah. You know, his job's a joke. He's broke. His love's like his love life's the way. <laughs> It's like you're always stuck in second gear. When oh it week, your month, or even your year. But he'll be there for you. And unfortunately, I'll that is not an entirely improbable description of the Clone Saga. And all ten, all ten seasons of Ben Riley's yeah. Friends can be seen on Netflix now. Uh, uh, <laughs> and here's another thing: getting back to this, you know, roaming the country thing or whatever, or walking the yeah. earth like you know, Kane and Kung Fu. Um, that worked. Kane, I get it. Kane, get it. Okay, never mind. Well, there was a cane in Kung Fu. He was played by I, Carradine. I I know it's. I knew what you were talking about, Jr. No, I did too. I just thought sure it was ironic. You did, Brad. Oh, <laughs> this is the guy who thinks his bat, his wife's a Batman villain. But anyway, uh, um, Jr. just hit me. I mean, George just hit me with that joke on the last podcast. Stop. Don't do this. It's a classic. <laughs> anyway, oh anyway, getting back to the Ben Riley thing. See. Ben Riley has been roaming, you know, walking the earth, roaming the country for five years. Basically, he's been a vagabond, uh, and he's been getting by the best he can. Now, five years of this lifestyle, okay? But remember, Ben is young and hip. If you live, if you lived five years of this lifestyle, wouldn't that age you? Wouldn't that? Yeah. Yeah. W- w- wouldn't that just load you down with? Um, troubles and experiences and 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 God darn it! I, I actually had some great descriptions written down. Oh, weary! Wouldn't you be weighed down and made somewhat weary by those experiences? Even if being yep. Spider-Man again gave him a fresh start, the character had a lot of additional mileage on him beyond his biological or chronological age. But he was young and hip. Again, you know, again, it's with a touch of mental illness <laughs> from from being homeless for five years. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I, I, I mean, did they re- did they realize when they wrote this stuff that no, it's an unlimited. They don't care. They want the four bucks. <laughs> <laughs> that it was unlimited. The whole idea. I mean, you bring yeah. in a young and hip a guy who's supposed to be young and hip, but he's had life experiences which make him anything but. But anyway, uh, anyway, unlimited. We learned that he tutored some kid. You know, who was a, a loser, and but who happened to be uh, the son of a rich old lady, and she was grateful, and she liked Ben, and she gave him money and stuff like that. And I guess as a result, he also provided her escort services and things like that. But anyway, <laughs> her mama. This this old lady gets killed, and the chief suspect is a black cat because surveillance cameras saw her in the area. Well, at this time, of course, Felicia has her own private investigative firm, which is called Cat's Eye. And which she co-owns with a slick, hunky blonde dude who drives an Audi by the name of Paul Prost. Ah, anyway. Ah, anyway. At, 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 I remember that Felicia miniseries. Yeah. At the at the, at this at this woman's wake, Ben reconnects with his old pupil, who now looks respectable, short hair, suit, tie, everything like that. And Ben says, "Yeah, I did a good job with this guy." <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> turns out, well, of course, Ken Ellis, the uh, douchebag reporter, is in this one as well. And uh, they're all feeling like sore in the neck, like they've been 
like they've gotten a prick somewhere. And uh, so anyway, so that's kind of what's going on. Everybody's feeling like, you know, they've been stabbed in the back of the neck with something. Um, of course, when Spider-Man confronts Felicia, you know, she knows that it's Ben because she met Ben and heard the whole stuff during the first part of the Clone Saga. And, of course, we spend about the next, what, two or three pages uh, here, see, seeing all kind of the listening to the different ways that Ben is turned on by her. Oh wow, <laughs> you know her nips are really showing this time. Whoa. Oh wow, you know, Whoa. look at that ass. I wish I could get my hand around that hunk of ass. And uh, oh boy, you know, the if only I had a milk bath. Yeah. <laughs> so literally, he, we we spend the next you know several pages you know with Ben's dirty thoughts about how hot this girl is. Uh, you know, we got it with the first panel, dude. Okay, you know. Um, anyway, th- we find out, of course, after everybody does some more investigations, that the kid is actually in hawk to the Russian mob, and we find out that the dude we thought was the kid was really another high tech, high tech battle suited armored villain. This time oh, no. called Skull Jacket. <laughs> yeah, Boy, they were desperate back then. I am having a jacket. Is, is this like where you throw a bunch of names in a hat and pick out two, and that's the guy's? That's that's what you get. Skull jacket. I man. mean, even Full Metal Jacket sounds better than Skull Jacket. You know, skull skull like jacket. somebody was looking. At Why does the a Harley skull... Davidson catalog, and they just saw the uh, saw the, ja- the you know oh Skull Jacket on the thing for like? Why does a skull need a jacket? Why does God need a starship? I mean, like come a Hell's on. Angels thing. Was this was yeah. this a creature? Creative nadir of the clone saga, or did it get, just get worse from here? Oh, I got better. <laughs> I read this twenty years ago, and I don't remember yeah. this one. Anyway. You've forgotten it as a self-defense, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it turns out, okay, getting getting back on track, that the real kid is still a drug-addled misfit. It turns out that Skull Jacket has been sticking <laughs> these darts in everyone. Basically, he's been sticking his prick in everyone. Whoa, and, whoa. <laughs> And so what he's done is he's down, he downloaded their memory cells and impersonated them like a poor chameleon imitation. In fact, he's so obvious a poor chameleon imitation, imitation they have to reference the chameleon so that they know that they know that you know that they know that they're ripping off the chameleon. Uh, and it turned out that the Russian mob killed the old woman because they were working with the strung out kid to get her money and you know the rest. Yeah. Anyway, this, Is that an F? this was no, 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 no. I, I save the Fs for offensive stories, okay. and uh, you know, like the uh, the guidance counselor who says, "Oh, by the way, this uh, this honor student or whatever who's never done anything wrong until his father was literally murdered in a home invasion, and then he does some squirrely things. He's hopeless now." You know, now I save my Fs for those. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, it's a suck story. It sucks, but. <laughs> But you know, you've, it, you've sucked worse. Things have sucked worse. Man, I, mean, I mean, honestly, yeah. honestly, these stories are not any worse, and probably there's a handful of them. Some of them were better than Brand New Day. I yeah. mean, uh, you know, well, that's, you not, know, that's not hard. I well, again, let's you know, it's we can dish on the we can we can dish on the Clone Saga. All it's funny though. Okay, every Marvel will now go back and say the Clone Saga sucked. They'll go back and say, oh, it went off the rails. It blah blah blah. They're not willing to say that one that brand new day sucked, and no, honestly, no. <laughs> yeah. you know it, it just they're just they're just so full of shit. You know you can't. Believe <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot. There's a couple other. Where where do you want to go next? Well, anyway, anyway but I was going to say though. In, oh, go ahead. I want to contrast yeah. this too. What they did do positive here was that they used this um, month, and they told they told five separate 
stories. They were tangentially connected, but they were still separate stories. So you got to see the new Spider-Man react in different situations. Of course, they weren't very good, but you still got to see. <laughs> in, but no, 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 no. In, yeah, contra- in contrast, for example, when JMS took over Amazing Spider-Man, you know, I mean, we had been through years of stories, you know, long, drawn-out stories that never ended and never went anywhere, and we just wanted to see some good Spider-Man stories. So what did JMS do? The first thing he did was launch into a big, long story arc you knew wasn't going to go anywhere anytime soon. You know, I think, to give them credit, they had the right idea here, you know, in, in doing a lot of different short stories to introduce everybody to the character and to his world. But anyway... Where do we go from here? Now we get into some serious shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> web of Scarlet Spider number four. Oh, God. All right. Okay. Oh, this, gosh. To, yeah. to, 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 to just kind of just jump in here for a second. This story is so bad that even I am dreading reviewing this. Holy, on holy crap. I mean, that's how bad this story is. So I, I can't wait for this part. Or I, I, I just opened the link. We're using a, a link from our friends over at spiderfan.org. And the very first thing I see, this story is part of a look-back series on this website called Worst of the Worst. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, this this one is uh, came out January 96, written by Evan Sh- uh, Skolnick, pencils by Paris Hilton. No, not Paris. Oh, uh, hey. Karanos. Karanos. Never heard of either one of these two. Rude Awakening is the subject or the story title. Yeah, I'm, I bet you it was. Firestar has beaten Scarlet Spider on the cover. The fury, the fury of Firestar. Take it away, Jr. Jr. is passed out because he knows he's got to review oh, one. Did, of the did it again? Did it time. again? Um, yep. Anyway, now um, basically, guy gave you some backstory again. Um, yep. This this Scarlet Spider everything these series were. All sales and marketing at Marvel. All the suits stay in. You have to stretch the clone saga out. You have to stretch it out. X-Men Age of Apocalypse had gone through this cycle where they canceled all the X-Men titles. Then they had like new number ones for, what, four months or whatever. And right. then they canceled those and then restarted the old X-Men at the regular numbering. And again, this is all in Life of Riley. So, you know, it, it's like I said, it's an invaluable resource for your clone saga research. Uh, that and... Uh, Clone Saga Chronicles, of course. Uh, anyway. Yep. Uh, if you hate your life that much and have to research it. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. Well, this, what, is, this is spider history. And unlike being unlike the time when I was accused of making shit up, I go back and I do my research. There you go. With my nose hell. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> so anyway. So... So the corporate suits at Marvel, and again, here, let me make another distinction. The people calling the shots at Marvel now were not creative types or connected to creative types whatsoever. Like this now. is not, this is, huh? Like now. They're well, not that creative. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, the no, no, no. Disney owns Marvel, okay? So, you know, Disney, yes, has corporate suits, but there's still some kind of connectivity to the creative process, theoretically. This time, Marvel was owned literally by a group of corporate raiders. And the yeah. reason they bought Marvel was their whole idea was to do a sophisticated pump and dump scheme. <laughs> <laughs> you know what a pump and dump is, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. You know what? I pray to God you'll tell us. <laughs> 
a pump and dump is when like a broker or an analyst or somebody will go out and they'll brag up a, a, a stock and try to get the price, stock price to go up and get people to buy it, keep bidding the price up, and then they'll cash out of their investment or the clients they're working for will cash out their investment, make a lot of money, and then everybody else is stuck with the turd when they realize that it's not worth anything. That's a pump and dump. Yep. Um, what, nice. And what th- this group, led by Ron Perlman, what they did was they bought Marvel and they said, ooh, we're going to make this, we're going to blow this up into a big-ass entertainment company. So what they did was they bought, like, FLIR cards and they bought yeah. stickers and yep. they bought all kinds of companies because they thought they could cross-sell all this shit, you know? And then Buying FLIR is what got us Jameis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, well... Yeah, thank you, thank you, Ron Perlman. So, yep. but what they and what they did was they bought all these companies with debt, a lot of debt, mm. and then they took Marvel public, and all and and they still had a big stake in Marvel, but I think they took like forty to sixty percent of the company public or whatever, and that's how these guys make their money. You know, they blow the company's balance sheet up, make you think it's worth a lot, uh, and then they get they go, they take it public, get everybody to invest in it. It's called an IPO, international, and basically all those people pay these guys all their initial investment back and basically pay them money. And Perlman and his group, they think, sucked about $400 million out of Marvel this way, leaving the company with all the debt. Well, what happened was the comic book market, the whole collectibles market crashed. The comic book market crashed. The sports market comic crashed. Everything went into the shitter. And Marvel literally could not pay its bills. So you got these corporators going around desperate to generate cash to save the you know to bail this thing out, and so these guys are going around saying, "Oh no, the Clone Saga sells. You got it. You got to have more Clone Saga shit, more Clone Saga shit." Uh, and even and the company is saying no, but the creative people are saying, "No, we can't do this." So, but you know they have no choice. It was like you know we sign your paychecks. Uh, so anyway, the creative people come or the sales and marketing suits come to, and say you have to have four months. Of Scarlet Spider titles because you got to make it web of Scarlet. You got to come out with you got to cancel all the Spider-Man titles. Come out with web and amazing and sensation or you know spectacular Scarlet Spider. Do this for four months. And the editor at that time, Bob Budiansky, said, "You are insane. We can't do that. We'll do it for one month." And they said, "No, you got to have four. Well, he got them to compromise on two. But with the timing, you had Scarlet Spider titles coming out when Ben Riley was already Spider-Man and you had Spider-Man appearing in Web of Scarlet Spider and that's what you've got here. Okay. Yeah. That's funny. And even Glenn Greenberg says that the Scarlet Spider titles and he goes back to a, uh, a, a Spinal Tap reference calls him a shit sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and another obvious news the sky is still blue. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the story is, I mean, you know, the story is the Scarlet Spider takes people hostage in a museum. Okay, okay. This time there's a new Scarlet Spider, an evil Scarlet Spider who's ruining the reputation of the Ben Riley Scarlet Spider. So the Ben Riley Scarlet Spider, what he does is he doesn't say, "Hmm, both Peter and I as Spider-Man had our names and reputations smeared, but we cleared ourselves." But because of this evil Scarlet Spider, because he is just so evil, I'll never be able to redeem myself. So the Scarlet Spider name is now Mud, so I'll become Spider-Man again. Okay, sound logic. Anyway, wow. as it turns out, Speedball's mother happens to be one of the hostages. Speedball, of course, was later the fall guy behind the whole Civil War bullshit. Mm-hmm. Then, he, <laughs> then he became Penance, encased in an Iron Maiden 
outfit because the constant pricking of needles gave him powers or something <laughs> really gross like that. But I think he's speedball again now, right? Yeah, yeah he yeah, got no, over his emo sort of. cutter phase. And oh, just God. Yeah, exactly, George. He was a cutter. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the evil Scarlet Spider turns out to be a cop who is undercover in the new evil Dr. Octopus's organization because the new evil Dr. Octopus was a woman, okay, because Kane killed off the old Dr. Octopus. And the e- new Dr. Octopus was actually Seward Trainer's daughter. Of course, Seward Trainer was Ben Riley's buddy during the five years when he was roaming the earth, you know, and hanging out like <laughs> David Jansen was. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it was FBI agent Wade, Joe Wade. Uh, now, now Spidey Dude's inserting some facts into this. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so anyway, the evil Dr. Octopus caught the guy who is infiltrating her organization. She subjected him to the holographically projected version of the Spy- Scarlet Spider fused with the virtual reality something of a, something or other. Well, anyway, basically like the Lawnmower Man. Remember that movie? Oh, wow. the, 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 is, that where, is that where they got it from? Well, you know that movie, The Lawnmower Man, where the guy, I think, what yeah. was that guy's name? That He was subjected to v- virtual reality uh, re-education Jeff, thing and became like that. Jeff, Jeff Fahey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jeff Fahey yeah. from uh, Tombstone. No, not Tombstone. Uh, right. Uh, and Pierce uh, uh, and no, Pierce Silver, Bron- Silverado. Silverado. Right. And Pierce Brosnan was a scientist. Then. Yeah. 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 That was- I saw that one in the theater. I'm- <laughs> oh, I feel. I feel your pain. I know. <laughs> so anyway, this, this experiment by the evil Doctor Octopus drove the cop bonkers when he became and he became the new evil Scarlet Spider. Okay, now, of course, the other new warriors come in, like Firestar and Justice, because, as you know, Scarlet Spider was a member of the new warriors. And because Marvel has mired us in cross-promotion hell, you know, we have to hype the new warriors, even though, you know, no one, you know who gives a shit about the new <laughs> And uh, Damn, I'm the only one. I liked them. Anyway, because the Scarlet Spider was a member of the team, and now there's an evil Scarlet Spider. They figure, oh, he's our responsibility or whatever, and they say, hey, hey Spider-Man, nice to meet you again. Where you been? And then, of course, you know, Firestar says, oh, you know, I mean, geez, his package looks exactly the same as Scarlet <laughs> Spider's. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And anyway, of, of course. All right. The Scarlet Spider's old police partner arrives and talks sense into him, and he de-Scarlet Spiders, and because they have similar packages, Firestar figures out that their old buddy, the Scarlet Spider, is now the new Spider-Man, the end. Damn. The art, I tell you, the art on this thing is, you talk about the storytelling, the art during the Clone Saga is atrocious. And even and Greenberg says that even because well, because one the, he said that the deadlines they were given to come out with this stuff was just unrealistic, and basically he said that even Mark Bagley sucked in this era. Wow, he, he, yeah. no, he didn't use the he didn't use the term sucked, but that was basically what he said that even Mark Bagley sucked because what? Bagley didn't last long because they had to crank out this crap. Real fast, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they brought in Ramita Junior that same month or that previous month, and because he was actually supposed to come in with the launch of uh, Return of Spider Man, but they brought him in, and even like you want you look at that issue, and you're like, man, that's not that's it's not good work from anybody uh, yeah. in terms of artwork. Or in other words, or in other words, the Clone Saga brought out the worst in everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I will say that these two, the, the two months of, of Scarlet Spider. Um, being the, the the titles 
were two of the absolute worst months. Uh, we're not even going to get into Scarlet Spider Unlimited number one because it how was do you, just. How do you narrow it down? I mean, <laughs> I was about to say I'm going to go. I'm going to go deaf with all of George's rim shots in this this uh, podcast, and he's nailing them left. Oh, and we're right. going to hear all the message boards, man. Well, People what's, uh, hate when I when I crack on the clone saga. I'm going to get some hate mail. Is yeah. this a D or are we going F material? No, no, no. I told you this is like D minus D material. D minus. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Oh, we got several more spider titles. How, how much do you want to go? Well, actually, we're going to do that? Final Adventure, Amazing Fantasy, and Untold Tales. Final Adventure is a Clone Saga related okay. era, and the other two we're going to do real quick because I think they kind of tie in actually with some current Spidey events. Um, okay. Spider-Man: The Final Adventure number two, and I know this is really going over, but Fabian Nisiasa and Derek Robertson. Yeah. This has got the real Peter Parker. Yeah, in it, this right? has got. Well, no, no, no. He, well, yeah, he's no, no, no. This is the clone, Brad. Remember? <laughs> no. He's the clone. All right. So Spider-Man: The Final Adventure, also known as Milk This Bastard for All It's Worth. <laughs> the yeah. whole idea of this series was Peter and Mary Jane moved to or- Oregon. Peter gets a job, and the end was supposed to be Mary Jane having the baby. And Peter and Mary Jane live happily ever after. Okay, so Peter, you know, go gives up being Spider-Man, goes to Oregon, gets a real job as a scientist with the company, actually, always under a different name now, the company that sponsored the radioactive experiment that zapped the spider that bit both him and Cindy Moon. Uh, <laughs> 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 now, the reason, nice. the reason he's working with this company is he thinks that it'll help him monitor whether or not there are going to be problems with the baby because obviously it's uh, Peter's radioactive blood. And the scientist who is running this place is the exact same one who said, it looks like our experiment unnerved poor Parker all the way back in Amazing Spider-Man 15. So, okay, anyway, the company is working on coming up with synthetic skin. One of the other scientists is experimenting on a convicted felon who has notorious skin disease that's going to kill him. Uh, Peter gets involved because he injects his own blood into the experiment, which actually seems to fix the problems with the synthetic skin. The serum is stolen by the scientist, experiment, and she injects it into the convict, which turns him to a big old ugly evil people-eating spider uh, yep. called Tendril. Peter thinks it's his fault, so he changes to Spider-Man because no one will get suspicious when Spider-Man shows up in Portland, Oregon. Um, anyway, uh, okay. I actually like this one. I I remember liking it. I haven't read it in 20 years, like I said. but well, you, well, you remember liking it? I do. I think I did. I don't know. It's actually George, you got story. anything for that? It's Brad, dude. What it writes, it, it writes itself. I mean, it's like. Oh, oh anyway, I'm better go ahead. Anyway, I'm better. there's other there's other like subplots going on. Ken Ellis is obviously maybe the only smart man, even though he's a douche. He's the only smart man in the Marvel universe because he's the, he says, "Hey, wait a minute, Scarlet Spider shows up. Scarlet Spider looks exactly like you know has the same body type as Spider Man." Scarlet Spider disappears. Spider-Man wears a new costume all of a sudden. Peter Parker goes to Portland, Oregon. Something's fishy going on here. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so he wants to go to Portland, Oregon. Um, anyway, but then during this time, Bob Budiansky has a meeting with Dan Jurgens, And Dan Jurgens says, this stuff sucks. 
<laughs> he says, Spider-Man is not Spider-Man without Peter Parker. This whole clone saga switcheroo was an utter cheat. You know, you told your longtime loyal readers that 20 years, last 20 years of Spider-Man didn't matter. You know, it, it's uh, and, and, you know, you've, you've done them wrong. You've screwed them. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be part of this anymore. Jurgen said all this pretty well. Yeah. Good. Is that isn't that wrong? I mean, obviously, in my own grumpy old man sort of yes. way. Yes, yes. this, this yeah. is out of life of Riley, huh? In, yeah. Essentially, what happened was um, Jurgens kind of came forward even after he had went on went aboard with the Ben Riley uh, moving forward, and kind of reaffirmed Bob Bielinski's thought. Bielinski had came in, and the Clone Saga was already had a full head of steam. So he he inherited the mess, and I think he always felt in his in his heart that Peter needed to be Spider Man, and so when he had that meeting with Jurgens, it pretty much reaffirmed what he already thought, even though they were full steam ahead. Ben Riley is Spider Man. That's what we're doing. Now it'll get delayed again, and that's ultimately why Jurgens left. Jurgens left because uh, Onslaught delayed the end of the Clone Saga. And Jurgens said, "Okay, I'm out. Bye, Felicia." <laughs> Jurgens was like, uh, "I don't want my name associated to this crap fest any more than it already is." <laughs> well, it was more or less uh, he didn't get to tell the story he wanted to do. It's the same reason that uh, uh, JMD Mateus left because they just kept extending it out and extending it out. So I was correct. So yeah. <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> Yeah, you're All not right. going to get out of him what you got out of Eddie George. Was that you were absolutely right? So <laughs> I did that just for you, cupcake. <laughs> okay. Cupcakes. Anyway. All right. So, and <sighs> this is again. So what happened here was now Budiansky said Peter Parker's got to come back, um, and of course now the story has to be changed because. We can't have a baby. Spider-Man cannot be a father. Oh, anyway, because why would he be Spider-Man if he was had a kid at home? You know, I mean, he would, you know, like, for example, he could take a real low-stress, low-safe occupation like policeman, firefighter, <laughs> astronaut, uh, military. There's no... There's no responsibility with having a kid, right? No. Well, it, yeah. But but see, the thing is, though, only people in absolutely safe occupations have children, you know. And uh, <laughs> yeah. so anyway, uh, so Peter. That's so great. anyway, there can't be a baby. So then they said, "Well, Mary Jane's going to miscarry at the end." And Tom Brevoort, bless <laughs> his heart, bless yeah. his heart. Okay, <laughs> says no. I am not going to go down as the man who killed Spider-Man's baby. That is not going to happen. We are not going to have Mary Jane have a miscarriage. Um, and uh, so basically what they did, what they just did was they just had her and Peter come back and she was still pregnant. And, and there you go. Then it was like, what the, you know. But anyway, at the end of the story, Peter comes up with a solution which winds up suppressing his spider powers and he's no longer Spider-Man. But of course, when he goes back to New York, they come back. But anyway... There you go. Um, that is that that is pretty well our discussion of the clone saga. Uh, yeah. The, uh, Let's do this again real soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, I'm proud of you. just the sheer amount of Spider-Man that came out this month in January. We aren't going to review all of them, but I'm going to read it from SpiderFan.org. 2099 Genesis, Amazing Fantasy 17, Green Goblin number 4, New Warriors 67, Spider-Man 64, Spider-Man 2939, Spider-Man Adventures 14, ASM 407, The Final Adventure, Spider-Man number 2, The Lost Years number 0. That was a good one. The yeah. Lost Years number 0, though, was just a... Um was it mostly a reprint of the original? I mean, back in like ASM one forty nine or something, wasn't it? Because no, I no, have, no, it was an original story. I thought no, the lost was, years one through four was, but I think zero was largely a reprint, wasn't it? Uh, no, lost years was actual zero was. Um, there was some backups around ASM four hundred, and it combined. Oh, yeah, though. So it just it would yeah. Don't they, they, they did the combined them. They were yeah, called they the, the Parker flip. Legacy. Right, and I, and then yeah, the flip books right. at the very beginning with power responsibility. Yep, um, that also was collected. That was all collected in that one issue zero. So it wasn't actually all new material. It was reprinted material. Yeah, okay. we also had Spec Spidey two thirty. We had uh, Spider Man Unlimited number eleven. Untold Tales of Spider Man five. What happened in that one? Real quick. Okay, real quick. Um, it happens after Amazing Spider Man eight because. The, the big thing starting out is that Peter's no longer wearing his glasses because, as you remember, in the original Amazing Spider-Man 8, Flash shoved Peter's head and his glasses fell off and he broke them. So Peter now is wondering, how the heck am I going to explain the fact that I don't need glasses anymore? <laughs> Which, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so Vulture's the villain. Vulture escapes from jail, challenges Spider-Man to stop his upcoming attempted theft of an atomic accelerator the army is bringing through town. The general in charge of arranging security is none other than the Red Hulk himself, General oh. Thunderbolt Ross. Um, yeah. Spidey makes the mistake of suggesting that they give him a little money to protect the the train and the, the accelerator from the vulture. Thunderbolt interprets it as a shakedown. When Spider-Man decides to watch over the train, come to the train to stop the vulture, they capture Spidey. Then they realize it's the vulture who's the bad guy. The vulture steals the accelerator. Spidey gets it back. Uh, the end. And there's a subplot going on with one of uh, the gang that hangs around Flash and all them who... You know who who wants to be the big man on campus and doesn't understand right. why he can't be so blah blah. Hey, that was one of the best issues of the month. <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of Ross, are they still doing all that Red Hulk crap? Uh, yes. Currently, or is that over? Currently, they're uh, the the Doc Green, aka the Hulk, is taking uh, taking out all the Hulks. They're taking out all the Hulk, and he's currently going up against Red Hulk. So I think we're going to have Thunderbolt Ross back to normal. Okay. Now, also, now, with all the titles that came out this month, Brad. We're not done. I'm not done. No, I'm, I know. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah. With all, all we're proving is that quantity does not does not equal quality. Correct. Uh, another one that came out that was not reprinted in the complete Clone Saga trades, right, Zach? This one was Ultra Force and Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was I, not. It was not reprinted. They don't have the rights. They own old, they own Malibu or whatever, but they can't reprint them. I guess yeah, something, something with the contract. Like How the hell does that and, work? I don't understand either. Yeah. They're under a, they're under a non-disclosure agreement either about the Malibu Ultra Force. George, did you even buy this one? I, no. I mean, I mean, I mean, Jr. Did you buy this one? I'm sorry. Oh wow. Uh, to be honest, I don't know because I um, I kind of was trying to get all these um, things reviewed and I didn't know yeah. didn't re- see whether I had it or not. Zach, do you remember this one real quick? I have never read this. This is one of the few um, Clone Saga. Book related books that I've not read. It, I've got I, like a I've got a list of books that I've I've got to go out and find so I can yeah. review them for CSC. But I own it. Don't remember it. 
if you that, find it, Douglas, here's Zach yeah. proves that, I've, that I've got it. A, yeah, Zach is proving that really this is more of a sickness than an obsession. I mean, it, <laughs> he's compelled to go out and buy crap. Uh, there, there was also a variant 1B cover, so even in 96, <laughs> yeah. there was an Ultra Force variant with Prime on the cover. Was, uh, oh, yeah, gosh, yeah. Uh, also came out this month, uh, Venom, uh, along came a Spider number one. I think this is where Venom met Ben Riley, right? Uh, I think so, the, yes. The yeah. third... Venom Man, actually, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, the third... Ben Riley or Venom Encounter. Okay, got it. Yeah. And on the cover of Wizard Magazine this month, you have a beautiful looking John Romita Jr. cover. Thank you to SpiderFan.org for helping us do the research with this. Uh, good. Wait, 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 wait. wait. No, I, 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 what? I want to do one more. I want to cover one more. Oh, you got one more. What? I missed yeah, it. I, yeah, Amazing Fantasy 17. And the reason I want to do this, yeah. and I'll do it real quick, basically because this is the exact same concept as learning to crawl almost mm -hmm. because yes. it, it, now it wasn't one story like learning to crawl. It was three separate stories, but it was like going, you know, doing amazing fantasy 16 to 18 to do, Oh, let's see what happened to Spider-Man between amazing fantasy 15 and amazing Spider-Man. Number one, basically what happened after the bite and after you decided to become Spider-Man. Yeah. Right. It's like you don't learn, you know, and, and basically, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, basically, what happened? Th this story is that the young Spider-Man finds this girl who also has superpowers, uh, but she turns out to be, you know, helping the kingpin shake down a construction site. You know, she doesn't want to be a, a superhero. Uh, we see the the beginning of mutant hysteria because Cyclops shows his eye beams, and so you know, w you know, we 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 so in a world where people who catch on fire and who stretch stretch their bodies and who walk around like big orange rocky monsters are welcomed as heroes, but people who shoot eye beams are shunned because all of a sudden everybody knows that it's genetic as a what? Anyway, yeah. so the you know, yeah. our, folks, the X Men make even in the comic book universe, the X Men <laughs> make no sense. But anyway, <laughs> but, but anyway, um, basically that's what this was. I mean, you know, and Spider Man catches her and sends her to jail, and we the Kingpin says, "Hmm, Spider Man keeps you know screwing around with my business. Well, I'm going to have to you know shoot his Aunt May and then get my ass whooped by him." You know. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, but it is. It's like what old, what is old is new. You know, was it? I, they do the same thing in learning to crawl, and it's the same thing. We don't need these miniseries. Nobody no. cares. Nobody cared about it in 1996, and they don't care about it now. George, is that right? <laughs> I'm not caring about it as we talk about it. This was. Uh, this is hard to judge as a month overall since it's so much quantity. What do you think, Jared? It was. I mean, it, it was mediocre. I mean, it was just yeah. it was mediocre, and there there was some truly serious crap. I mean, yeah. w you know, t carving out Zach and his problem, the fact that he likes. <laughs> <laughs> wait, he, wait a second. How is this a big problem? We think that every story was total and utter crap. Well, not every story this month was total and utter crap. I mean. Some of it, you know, like three or four issues here weren't any worse. Like I said, that's what's coming out now, or you know, they were now, they were okay. Yeah. We're going to wrap the episode with a hypothetical. All right, uh, Jr. What would happen if you were introduced to the character of Spider-Man in 1996? 
would you have a love for him like you do now? No. <laughs> See, Zach is that hypothetical. He was introduced to right. Spider-Man 90s, and this is why he has a fondness for it. Well, the thing is, again, you know, that, uh, I, I must conf- say, you're not making a really fair comparison here because <laughs> I discovered Spider-Man in 1974 when I was 11 years old. Uh, right. It was an entirely. I mean, we all like these things because ultimately there's some, there's something personal that resonates within us. You know, we can give you all the bullshit answers about, you know, oh, it teaches responsibility. Oh, he's always a fighter. Oh, he, he never gives up. But there's something personal that we can't explain. It's like our favorite songs, you know, our yeah. favorite movies. Um, so it's really not even the same situation. But but no, I wouldn't have because I wouldn't have known what the hell was going on. And I couldn't have afforded all these comics at the time. I mean, Jesus <laughs> Christ, you know. Right. Well, yeah. how did you afford all these comics back in the day, Zach? Um, how many did you buy a month? I, I would I would basically buy the core titles. I wouldn't buy any of the spinoffs. Yeah. Um, and it was pretty much it was my allowance money. Yeah. And I would go to Walden Books back when Walden Books was still open. Uh, yeah. Or, uh, you know, I think I got my first uh, comic at the grocery store from a spinner rack um, before that grocery store ended up closing down. But, yeah, you're, I mean, it is a highly expensive habit back then. And uh, I remember I had started, this was kind of when I was barely starting to read, but really when I got with, um, about six months later, with Blood Brothers was when I just was cooked. And from then on, it was all clone saga all the time and everything like that. So, Jesus, you poor bastard. When I got <laughs> when I got into Spider Man, for example, uh, this, this illustrates. I mean, it's, it's almost the same mentality because I used to be a baseball card collector. And one of the fun things about collecting, and one of the fun things about you know, well, uh, one of the fun things about the Marvel Universe when it started, and I only did Spider Man, but. You could buy all the Marvel Universe titles. You could follow the entire. That's where that's where the you know Marvel Zombie came from, and that was one reason Marvel was kicking DC's ass was because people felt they were invested in a mythology, and you could you know right. buy everything. And then that, like with baseball card collecting, you felt that wow, if I stick with this, I can get. You know, all the series. I can collect all the cards issued this year, and when I get a job, I can start going and buying back old cards, and I can get them all. But then, in the collectibles market, they, they were flooded. They were just absolutely flooded. So, kind of the whole idea of collecting is like, there's no way I can collect all this shit. You know? <laughs> and, and that's basically no. what it becomes. It be, you realize then, I've got a bunch of crap. You know? And, I, I you know, that's what happened in... in, in all these industries. I mean, they, they shot themselves in the foot. They totally self-destructed. 